0: Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at celebrationedm. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to ask you this morning, do you know anyone in your life who is forgetful? Yeah. Good, I'm in the right place. Maybe someone whose house is covered with sticky notes, (laughs) constant reminders of what to do. My parents were forgetful with us sometimes. Um, Our our parents started this church in 1991, and things got a little wild back then. Uh, We did a lot, and us boys were crazy. We would spend hours and hours at church. I remember one night... I don't think we had an alarm system or anything. We locked up the church and we left one of my brothers inside and we headed home. And we forgot one of my brothers and we had to, halfway home, we're like, oh, my gosh, there's, we're missing one. Um, there's a lot of us. People are forgetful. Man, I'm so forgetful. I'm so thankful for Siri. I learned this thing that Siri does. You guys know Siri, the robot thing that helps us? Yeah. Um, I love Siri because I can say, hey, Siri. Remind me that I have this appointment. Remind me, you know, to, uh, you know, remind me about this. Remind me about that. I forget so much. I need reminders. Um, and when someone says to you, I forgot. How does that make you feel? Like, you know, you were, they were supposed to hang out with you, but they forgot. You know, they, they were supposed to call you. It was your birthday, but they forgot you know they, they they were supposed to you know do whatever for you but they forgot we forget things so easily we forget so much that i think we forget about god we can even be in church on weekends you know we can we can you know be going through life and we forget who our god really is and how to relate to him we need reminders just like in my life with Siri i need a reminder Come on this morning. Can you say, I need a reminder? reminder. Oh, say it like you're happy to be here this morning and online. Say it. Come on. I need a reminder. reminder. All right. We need to be, I think we need to be reminded more than we need to be instructed. We have instruction, but we, we need to be reminded. So Jesus, he taught us how to pray. Why do we need to learn how to pray? Well, in the context of the scripture I'm about to share with you, back in the day, there were these people called Pharisees. Now, uh, you and I, we can be Pharisees sometimes. And so uh, what the Pharisees did was they, they had forgotten how to pray to God. Their prayer it wasn't to God, it was to men. They, they would say prayers to impress people, to show people how supposedly righteous they were. They, they wanted to pray to be showy, uh, to demonstrate. They would actually bring attention to themselves when they prayed. They wanted people to look at them. Instead of making it about them and God, they made it about what people would think about them. Their prayer was to impress people, and we can get like that too. Our relationship with God cannot be based on how other people will uh, expect us to relate to him. Our relationship with God cannot be this showy thing about showing people how holy or righteous we are. That's called religion, not relationship. Jesus never came to give us religion. He came to give us a relationship with God. God wants a relationship with us. And so what Jesus did was he gave us something called the Lord's Prayer. He gave us this prayer uh, in Matthew 6 and uh, Luke somewhere. I don't know where it is in Luke. I'm not reading out of Luke this morning. So whatever. Matthew 6. He gave us the the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Jesus teaches us how to pray. And when he teaches us that, he teaches us a lot about who we are praying to, God. And I think that maybe we need to think about this not as the Lord's prayer, but as the disciples' prayer. Okay, about, about people who follow Jesus, disciples of Jesus. This is our prayer. This is the disciples' prayer, a prayer that we need to pray over our lives. Jesus gives us a reminder on how to relate to God. He says, in this manner, therefore, Pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So what does this prayer even mean? How does this prayer shape our perspective of God? Jesus starts it, and we have to, you know, r- realize how Jesus starts this prayer. He says, our Father in heaven, meaning he wants us to relate to God as a father first and foremost. My main goal as a father, when I became a dad, my, I do not wake up in the morning, and my main, goal, uh, I, my main goal for the day isn't, all right, as a dad today, How am I gonna discipline these kids? (laughs) As a father, my main goal is not, all right, I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna set some new rules for this house, I'm gonna flex my authority, you know, I'm gonna put on my crispy boys and tell these kids how crispy boys are a type of white shoe that dads wear. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, My main goal as a father is not to wake up and plan how I'm going to discipline or put new rules and boundaries on my kids. My main goal with them is a healthy relationship. The main goal of a father is to have a healthy relationship with their children. That's what God wants for us. God cares more about relationship than perfection. So people get focused on perfecting themselves or thinking they have to act or look a certain way. Meanwhile, missing out on relationship with the father, which is what he wants with us. You know, do you ever think somebody acts or has a certain personality because you only know them from a distance, Um, but then once you get to know them, you realize they're a whole lot different than what you thought they were? Girls, you know what I'm talking about? You you guys know, you know what I'm talking about with like, you think some girl's like so snobby? You guys know what I'm talking about? You guys in the, the, yeah, in the Celebration Kids shirts, you know what I'm talking about. You you know that, you know, you think like uh, girls are, you know, they're so snobby, but then once you get to know them, they're actually kind of cool. You know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm, I'm saying? You guys are looking, I can't tell what's happening because you've got the face mask on. But people, they do this to God. They're, they're distanced from him, so they, they don't know how to relate to him. People see God as a judge before they see him as a father. And Jesus taught us to relate to God as a father first. He said, our father in heaven. There's 63 verses in the Bible that reference God being our father. Romans eight fifteen says we didn't adopt the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. By who we cry, Abba, Father. That word Abba, Abba, it means father. It was common. It was a common term expressed as affection, confidence, and trust. So I don't have to approach my life from a place of fear, worry, or anxiety. I actually come at my life and I come to God from a place of authority from a place knowing that there's an affection there. That's where we can come to God, knowing there's a place of affection there and confidence that I'm his child and trust that he has what's best for me in my life. Because I'm a child of God. And what happens when you're a child is your your parents, they pave the way for you, okay? What happens when you're a child is your parents go before you and they do things to take care of you. Okay, your, your parents, they go and they, and they make sure there's a, a home set up for you. They make sure there's, there's securities there for you. They, they take care of you in, in ways like that. Or I, I, I'll say it like this. Uh, there's big long lines in Costco nowadays. There's huge lines in Costco. Anybody been, did someone go to Costco this weekend? It was a bad mistake on the long weekend. There's, there's these big long lines. And, you, and, and what happens in Costco is uh, what my wife and I do is I will go before her, before we're done shopping, I will get in line, okay? And I will hold her place in line so she can go shop in confidence knowing that I have gone before her and that we're gonna get to the front of the line together. God does that for you. He goes before you and he holds a place for you. He takes care of things for you. That's what a good father does. They go before you. So as a child of God, expect him to do that for you. You can walk in... In places, the situations with confidence, knowing God's gone before me, I'm his child, I can walk into this knowing he's gonna take care of me. So he says, relate to him as a father first, our father in heaven. Then he says, hallowed be your name. God is to be worshiped, he's holy. We talk a lot about his mercy and his grace and that's so important, but we need to remind ourselves that he's holy as well. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness. No one will see the Lord. What does that mean? So peace with all men, as well as personal holiness, is something that we got to seek. Because without holiness, we don't see the Lord. Because sin cannot stand in the presence of God. And that realization uh, helps us motivate us to be Holy. Sometimes we allow things into our life that it makes us feel like God's judging us or it makes us feel like God's leaving us. But what actually happens is when you feel like God is leaving you, it's actually you separating yourself from him because of the things in your life. When we do things that aren't God's desire for us, we pull ourselves away from him. In Genesis 3 verse eight, when Adam and Eve, they took the fruit, they, they did the first thing wrong in the world. What, what they do, did after they took the fruit is they hid from God. His heart, though, is that we would run to him in our imperfections. His heart is that we would come to him with what's going on in our life, with what's making us feel shame and, and making us feel disconnected, and run to him. And in First Peter, it says that his love covers our sin. That we don't have to run and hide from God, but, but, but to come to him because his love covers our sin, but we need a reminder of that. We forget that. And when we run to him, we are running to a holy God that is to be worshiped. We serve a holy God, that's our example. And when I do wrong, I need to remember to run to him, not run from him. Worshiping him is not just about uh, what we do in a church service, it's about our life. How I live my life is an act of worship. So I don't want things like gossip and greed and envy and all this stuff inside because I wanna be, um, live a life of worship to him. Run to him and let his love cover what's wrong in our lives. And then he says, Jesus says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's plan must come before mine. God's plan must come before mine. Oh, man, we forget that, though, don't we? I don't know about you, but am I talking to anybody this morning? I forget that. Am I to anybody online? You can say in the chat, I forget that. God's plan must come before mine. In Luke 12, 31, it says, He will always give you all you need from day to day, if. You will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Dang, there's an if in there. I hate ifs. <laughs> they're, they're annoying. It's like I just want, I just want the front half. He will always give you what you need from day to day. <laughs> I don't know about you. Does that you want that? I just I, I just want sometimes we treat God like a slot machine or whatever. We just want we want the good stuff, but oh, if you make him your primary concern. See. I think some people say, I've heard people say over the years, oh, I tried church, nothing changed. But God didn't ask you to come and try this thing and and see if it it makes you feel good. He says, make the kingdom of God your primary concern. And the easiest way to be discontent is to just pray, God, give me everything I need, but never pray your will be done in my life. See, my needs are a a bottomless pit and and, and we forget that God's will is always better than my will. God's way is always better than my way. we got to stay poor in spirit. we got to stay dependent on God. And I I feel like there's people here today that you're saying, yeah, but I've tried that. You know, there's somebody watching online today that you you logged in because you're like, maybe I'll give this one more chance. Because I've tried this, but I feel like God's forgotten me. I tried this, but I haven't felt like he's responded. I, I came here to tell you today, God hasn't forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about the plans and the desires of your heart. God has not forgotten about your desire for a husband. God has not forgotten about your desire for a wife. God has not forgotten about your desire to get into that school you want to get into. God has not forgotten about that baby that you've been praying for for years that just seems like it doesn't, it's not going to happen. God has not forgotten about your desire to be healthy. God has not forgotten that you need a job. God has not forgotten about you. Just because it's delayed, it doesn't mean He's denying it. Delayed doesn't mean denied. But what builds our faith is not getting frustrated and pulling away from him. What builds our faith is just a reminder that I'm going to continue to put his plan first. I'm going to just remember, I'm going to keep putting his way first. God, I'm just going to keep living to please you with my life. And, and he, he wants a daily connection in relationship. His will would be done. You know, it's a, it's a season where, it's, and it's a season. It's gonna, there's gonna be an end to it, but there's, there's a season right now that we're in that, you know, there's uh, so many people who are still online, who aren't ready to come to church, and that's okay. But I want you to know that while you are away, while you haven't set foot in the building for months, you can still build his church. Yeah. There's people in your life that still need Jesus, and, and it's not a time to push pause on those people. It's a time to, maybe this is the easier time than ever to have them come in. So hey, if you're online, would you share this? Would you, would you just have faith to, to invite someone to join church with you even though you're not gonna come into the building together? There are people in your life that need to know the hope that you have. And then Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. Depend on God's needs, sorry, depend on God for your daily needs. We can depend on God for our daily needs. God doesn't want to bless us annually, okay? God doesn't want an annual connection with us. God doesn't want a biweekly connection with us, okay? This is not like your paycheck. God wants a daily connection. We need to remember that daily, that he he needs us he wants to have a connection with us daily to help keep us rooted, to help keep us uh, re- dependent on him, to help work through things in our life that, that, that will stress us out, but God wants to set us free. That will make us feel captive, but God wants to m- help us feel free. You know, I, I, this week I was, um, I was at home and I was eating a cookie, something that I do way too often. Uh, and I, I was trying to enjoy this nice, squishy Uh, red velvet cookie. I'm dreaming about this cookie right now. It's full of nice icing and, oh, just a wonderful cookie. And I, as I went to take my first bite into this beautiful gooey cookie, I I bit down and I just heard this super loud crunch. And it was like a really hard crunch and I felt some stuff in my mouth that shouldn't have been there. And I was like, who made this gross cookie? What is going on? And so I spat it into my mouth. It's pretty gross. I spat it into my mouth. And I saw in my hand chunks of my tooth. Like big, huge chunks of my tooth. And I was like, dang. I put my, you know, you put your tongue up there and you realize, oh, there's a bunch of red velvet where a tooth is supposed to be. Um, <laughs> and uh, anyways, so I, whatever, I threw this cookie away. And, and traumatized from eating cookies. Hopefully that's a good thing. <laughs> but but I, went, I went to the, the, dent, the dentist um, the next day to get this looked at and he fixed me up but the first thing he says was he sat me down and he said Joel you haven't been here since 2013 <laughs> and I'm like I know I don't like you okay you make me nervous you make my tummy upset I'm scared of you um, but he said the last time you were here I made a note on your file that you were supposed to make an appointment to come back because there was something I needed to deal with in that tooth. But because you you disconnected, because you stayed away, what happened was that, that little minor thing started to grow and started to decay and started to eat away at your tooth. And all it took was a simple, gushy little red velvet cookie to blow it up. And are you following me here? This is what happens in our life. When we stop depending on God, when, when our, our relationship with him becomes religious, uh, when, when it's just about you know, gathering as a community but not actually following what he wants us to do, when it's just about connecting corporately but it's not about connecting with him privately and, and getting in his word, what happens is there's things that gets in our life and all it takes is one little thing to blow it apart. Philippians 4, 6 Says, don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. Ask Him and thank Him. And I want to live a a, a life, I don't know about you, but I want to live a life big enough that I need to depend on God. Live a life big enough that you need to depend on God. And your daily needs, they're not just physical things, they're not just bread and water, okay? Daily, I need patience to deal with people. Daily, I need strength to, to work through the things that the challenges of life. Daily, I need faith that God's going to do more. Daily, I need to build my faith that God's going before me. You know, daily I, I need I need to believe and trust that God is working. That I don't have to take all this stuff on on my own. I can pray for people, you know. I can come to Him, bring Him my stuff. And Philippians four nine it says, "It's He who supplies all your needs from His riches." in glory because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. But I think that sometimes what happens in our hearts is we feel like it's me who supplies all my riches. It's it's me who who has to figure it out and our dependence comes on things other than God, whatever that may be. No wonder we get exhausted and discontent. Our help is coming from the wrong source and all it takes is one little thing to come in and mess things up. But God designed us to depend on him daily. Psalms 121 says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Who, who made the heaven and the earth. My help comes from the Lord. Come on, repeat after me. My help comes from the Lord. I, 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 sorry, we should have, I messed that up. Let, let's repeat after me. My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. Okay. You guys are. Sort of convincing me that you, that you believe that this morning. Okay, all right, all right. If you remember that in your day to day, you will enjoy life more. And then Jesus said, to Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Listen, God forgives so that we can be free. God forgives so that we can be free. God does not forgive you to enslave you. Okay, God does not set you free so that you would feel in bondage on this earth so many people feel stuck in their lives because they harbor unforgiveness because they they hold these things in their heart against people you know there's so many Christians that that, that we come in church we hear about freedom we, we we know about what God wants us to do but we got like people that we're holding in in prisons inside of our life I heard this once that it said, unforgiveness is like lighting yourself on fire and hoping somebody else dies from smoke inhalation. That's funny. Somebody got it. It's good. Somebody online. I hope you're laughing online. I can't hear you, but I believe it. So many people feel stuck because they harbor unforgiveness. Remember, uh, forgiveness is not minimizing what the person did. Uh, it's not minimizing that offense or forgetting what happened. Forgiveness is something that happens in our hearts to set us free. For us to be set free. In Luke chapter 7, 41 to 47, there's this woman and she she comes into the presence of God. She comes to, to Jesus. Uh, Jesus is at this uh, Pharisee's house, Pharisee named Simon. And she, she had all kinds of sin in her life. And, and she comes in, and she starts washing Jesus' feet and anointing him with expensive perfume. Uh, and Jesus said uh, to this Pharisee who's like a little bit annoyed, his name's Simon, he's, he's annoyed that this is happening. Jesus said, two people owed money to the same banker. One, uh, one owned, uh, owed 500 coins, the other 50. They had no money to pay what they owed, but the banker told them they didn't have to pay him. Which person will love the banker more? Simon, the Pharisee, answered, I think it would be the one who owed him the most money. Jesus said to Simon, you're right. Then Jesus turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? When I came into your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss of greeting, but she's been kissing my feet since I came in. You did not put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. I tell you, That her many sins are forgiven, so she showed great love. But the person who's forgiven only a little will love only a little. Listen, all of us have been forgiven greatly. And I think sometimes what happens to us is the longer we've been closer to Jesus, the further we get away from from realizing how messed up it was, how bad it was before Him, and we forget how much we've been forgiven. And if I forget how much I've been forgiven, I will forget to be forgiving. None of us deserves forgiveness, just like the person you need to forgive. They don't deserve it. But that's not the, Jesus said, don't worry about that. Forgive because you've been forgiven. Matthew 6, 14 says, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So what's he talking about here? Because I thought forgiveness was so freely given. Now he's saying, if I hold it back, uh, that I won't be forgiven. Jesus is not talking about salvation from sin in this text. What he's talking about is personal fellowship with God. So he's talking about being close and intimate to God. He says, you you cannot walk in fellowship with God if you refuse to forgive others. And so what happens is we get far from God, we remove ourselves from his presence when we refuse to forgive other people. And then Jesus said, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Look, there's an evil one that does not want us to succeed. There is. God has an enemy and so do we. And this is important to note, but it doesn't need to be dwelled upon. The devil is real, and the devil is evil, but we don't need to fear that, okay? The devil gets way more credit than he deserves, okay? Uh, People, I, I always hear people talking about, oh, the devil did this, oh, the devil did that, oh, the devil's up in my business today. Stop acting like the devil isn't underneath your feet, like, we need to realize how pathetic this person is, how, how underneath our feet he is, that we are God's children, that we have power over this, this darkness. The devil's not omnipresent. I don't even know if the de- God gave the devil the authority to know my name. So stop acting like he isn't underneath your feet. We need to remind ourselves that God will deliver us. Our perspective must must be that God will deliver us from evil. There's so many people living in fear of, of evil, but God will deliver us from that. And when we pray, we're not only in conversation with God, but we're confronting the devil. When we pray, we're not only talking to our heavenly father, but we're also saying, hey, buddy, forget you, okay? You have no place in my life. You are not gonna get into my relationships. You're not gonna get into my family. You're not gonna get into my health. You're not gonna get into my friends' lives. Hey, devil, I'm a child of God. I'm talking with God right now, and I'm confronting you. You're just clapping now? I needed a drink for so long and no one would clap. (sighs) The Lord's Prayer. Jesus saying, he will deliver us. When we pray this prayer, it helps deliver us from evil. Psalms 34 says, I sought the Lord. He answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Did you catch that? delivered me from all my fears. But it starts with, I sought the Lord. The psalmist says, I sought the Lord. When was the last time you sought the Lord? Like when when was the the last time you you just said, for this time right now, I'm putting away any notifications and I'm, I'm putting away any other relationship right now and it's my time to seek the Lord. It is my time to forget what is happening on my phone, forget what is happening and remember who God is, to seek the Lord. He will deliver me from what I'm going through right now. I don't have to be afraid at all because Jesus taught me who my father is and how to connect with him. He'll deliver us. And then finally, Jesus says, yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever, amen. So Jesus tells us that we can have faith in God's ability. We can have faith in God's ability. I gotta say it one more time. We can have faith in God's ability. Man, does, does our life reflect that we have faith That God can conquer anything? Does our life reflect that we have faith that God goes before us? We can have faith in God's ability. Faith that nothing is too hard for God. And action behind that faith. James chapter 2, 14 says, What is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence? That kind of faith, can that kind of faith save him? No, a mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produces Good works. God can take on anything. Man, God can take on anything. So what does that mean? It means I can take on anything. I'm not just gonna talk about how good God is. I'm going to position myself to see his goodness in my life. And I'm gonna take action steps to see God move. I don't know where you're at today, I don't know what your life looks like maybe you're in the room maybe you're watching online but i think for so many of us we've been going through um, 2020 has been one hell of a year (laughs) Uh, but man we need a reminder of the goodness of god this morning Uh, man even though sometimes things look tough um and things look frustrating and things look like there's maybe no end. What is going on in 2020 doesn't change who our God is. Jeremiah 32 says, Lord God, it is you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power, by your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for you we got to take some action steps, some steps of faith, because we know Jesus responds to faith. When, when he would heal people in the Bible, he would tell them, it's, it's your faith that's made you well. In fact, there's times where people would say, hey, come heal this person. I know that you can do it. And he just says, no, nah, the, the faith that you just showed is enough to heal that person. But do my actions represent the thought that nothing is too hard for God? That's the reminder that somebody needed today. You've been believing for something. You've been praying for something. You've been frustrated. You've been worried about something, but nothing is too hard for God. He sent his son to to pay, to give us connection, to bring us back into relationship with him, to save us. And in Romans 5, 6, it says, while we're still sinners, while we had our backs turned on him, while there was no guarantee of the outcome, it was still worth sending his son to pay the price. And I think just, if we could just take your, could you just close your eyes today and, and just think about, think about what all God's done for you. Think about that time when you were believing for something and he showed up. Think about that time when maybe you first were connected to him and you realized the freedom you'd find in him. Think about that moment when you first felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need reminders today of who God is. Maybe you're in the room or you're watching online and as I talk about the goodness of God and and remembering these moments with him, maybe you feel like that hasn't come for you yet. Maybe you're, you're feeling frustrated today because you feel like, I, I, I don't have a reminder. I, I, I can't go back to a moment where I felt this. I've been hoping for it. I want you to know God has not forgotten you. In fact, that was the strongest word that I felt this morning as I was praying for today. Somebody needed to hear that God has not forgotten. God has not forgotten you. And and whatever you're going through, it's a time for your faith to be built. And what the enemy will want to do is he's sneaky. He'll want to to sneak in and and, uh, make you doubt God. But, hey, you know that you can defeat that. You know that you can overcome that here and now today and just tell yourself, hey, God is still for me. God is my father, and my father wants good things for me. My, my Father wants to, to bless me. My Father wants the desires of my heart to come to pass. He didn't bring you into this world so that you would suffer. He didn't set you free so you'd feel enslaved to different things. But God, He, he, he wants the best for your life. And Could you just stretch your faith this morning to believe that God has not forgotten you. In fact, he's going before you right now and he's working on what you're praying for. He's working on what you're believing for. In fact, he actually needs the story that is gonna come to pass from the the thing that he's working on. He needs that story to help set other people free. He needs that story to help save other people. He needs that story to help bring other lost sheep home to him. You're gonna tell the story one day of God not forgetting you. Hey, maybe you're in this room right now or you're watching online and you, I'm talking about this relationship with God and you know that maybe you've, you've accepted him into your heart before but you've fallen away or maybe you've never prayed a prayer to accept him into your heart and you're, you're ready for that today or you're feeling like maybe today is, is the time Maybe, maybe, God, maybe you've only been watching this message for five minutes, but you're feeling like, hey, maybe this is the, a direction that you need to go. I want you to know that in Romans 10, 9, it says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior, you'll be saved. Very simple. Salvation is so simple for us. And we're going to pray a prayer right now to give you the opportunity to pray that salvation prayer. and. If you're in the room or watching online, you can just repeat after me, uh, just under your breath, just letting God know, uh, I'm, I'm praying this, I'm believing this, I've been believing this, I'm coming back to you. That You can be saved so easily here and now and that's the beginning of a beautiful journey with him. Just repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are my Lord and my Savior. I'm asking you now to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. From now on, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.